This is JU Israel Teachers Lounge, where we reach out to current Gap Year students, alumni, and any interested listeners, keeping you connected to what's happening in Israel and giving you insight behind the headlines. I am your host, senior JU Israel educator, Michael Unterberg, and today joined, as always, by co-host and director of JU Israel, Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Doing well, Mike. All right. Well, we wanted to talk today about this, do you want to call it a major big deal event or a totally nothing burger, nothing event in a country whose name I find difficult to pronounce in a city whose name I think is ridiculous? I would call it like a middle school dance. Okay. You know, if like you're comparing like a prom is like the big event of like at the end of your schooling. Okay. This is like a middle school dance. Okay. Right? No real big people showed up, you know. Uh, big We're talking about in, you say Bahrain or Bahrain, or Bahrain, how do you say it? I think it's like, because it's Arab. It's so like it's a like soft a chet sound, I think so, and in no? English it's just an H. I think it's I think Bahrain. So. Well, in Hebrew it's spelled with a chet. Right. So, so it's Bahrain, but, Bahrain. But, 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 but in Arabic the chet is more of a ha. Yeah, right? it's like a ha, Bahrain. Which I can't really do. Bahrain. Right. And in a city called Manama, which I, I think is a ridiculous I'm going to try. Uh, <laughs> but the idea was to pull together investors from around the Arab world in particular, some investors from the West, including some Israelis, to talk about investing a proposal to invest $50 billion into the West Bank and Gaza uh, to improve their infrastructure, to create jobs, and to make them an economic, another economic hub in the Middle East as a way of changing the uh, of breaking the log jam that isn't allowing for any change in a part in a, in a in a region where the status quo is not good so i think i think it seems like a precursor to a political solution oh uh, that's explicit yeah i mean that is that exactly. is in the packaging they say right. this is the economic part we're doing the economic part separately there's a different team working on a political Address, but we think this has to be presented first right. as a way to show the Palestinian people that there's, you should have optimism. That optimism, a, and if you want to really create a state, you need an, you need an infrastructure. Well, I don't I, know that no? the political proposal is going to have a state because right. the idea is good point. We want to talk about the economic opportunities, and when the presenter Jared Kushner, the president's delegate to solving the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, uh, presented it, he said. You know, we, we know people are making fun of the term deal of the century, but we think you should think, Palestinians should think of this as the opportunity of the century. Right. Now, uh, as you say, it wasn't, it was, the event itself didn't get a lot done. It was more like bringing people together to introduce the idea. Well, again, it's not, it's not a lot done. I mean, the, first of all, the principal players were not invited, which Correct. were the Israelis and Palestinians. Partially because some people weren't comfortable some of the arab people weren't comfortable having israelis there officially although no because the palestinians said they weren't coming the palestinians were invited but didn't come right so they're boycotting israelis so you didn't have the principal players there you didn't there was no high level government people they were all like second tier government Government people people, but but no israeli government people at all right and nothing of other countries that did send it was all second second it was all middle management and but it was business people yeah but there were right and there were business people but i don't know how to i don't know how to like gauge that if they were well because it's a different kind of thing than we're used to in other words usually whether it's annapolis under bush or whatever whatever summit you're talking about or camp david it's usually the political heavy hitters 
right. to talk about coming to a resolution, meaning the middle management of the political elite have already, the, the lower tier political people have already met and laid out a framework, and now you just need the big shots to come together right. for a summit. This works as many political things from the Trump administration work, a little bit differently. They did their public middle management meeting as a big deal, probably because you couldn't do an upper management meeting, certainly not on political issues. And the idea is here, let's leave the political stuff to the side and let's talk about what we can do for the Arabs who live in the West Bank and Gaza and how we can improve their quality of life. Right. Uh, I mean, that's explicitly... The agenda here. Right. We'll get to the politics later. Let's talk about how we can make things better for the Palestinians. Now, I would like to. I, we often complain that people don't analyze the Palestinians as a as a separate entity. Before we look at this from the perspective of Israelis or Americans or Gulf Arabs, I would like to ask: Why shouldn't the Palestinians take fifty billion dollars of investment in the West Bank and Gaza? Why would they not be thrilled with that? Well, first of all, they don't know there's going to be. That's just the, that's, okay. That's the thought. But so, should when somebody so says, all of a sudden you're making, if, so, if somebody says we may be offering you fifty billion dollars, you would think the response would be, great. Except that you've offered that money before, and often it doesn't come through. Okay. Well, then so, you say, great. I hope know, it comes through this time. A B. You know that. Well, I hold on. Say, yeah. I would say because first of all, I, I think it's more. It's more complex than that. Go ahead. And first of all, first of all, I, the political solution was supposed to come out. It kept getting put off because of different political ramifications. One of those is the recent Israeli, right? Yeah. So it seems like this was just a, a stop stopgap because they keep talking about this plan and they say we can't release it because no. I, I don't know that they have a plan. Right. So so exactly. So I'm saying so the Palestinians are like, well, what the heck is going on here? For us, for us, it, it comes off smelling as a bribe. Okay. Um, for Palestinians and in, in, in an administration that they don't trust, right? An administration okay. that they don't trust. What does Meaning, that mean? Uh, they mean, don't trust this administration. Well, first of all, the administration has made, again, from the Palestinian perspective, I'm, lots, I'm asking lo from the lots Palestinian of overtures, lots of overtures to the, not even overtures, real, real, absolute um, uh, changes in American policy Towards that Israel. clearly benefit Israel. Yeah. Recognizing the Golan, moving the embassy to Jerusalem, um, back, you know, going to the Kotel, right? Going to the Western Wall, which is in, uh, like, huge... Hiring a staff you know, of mostly... Hi well, that's, and, that's, and then the final thing is the people who you're talking to right. are all people who are associated with the um, right-wing Orthodox American jury. And the and other side... Clearly, Clearly, all of them throughout their lives have been big supporters of develop of, of settlements in the West Bank. So, why, like, where they stopped and and that, but that's on the on the positive on the on the side of the Palestinians. They've cut off money. They've cut off serious money. They've defunded UNRWA. Thirty percent of UNRWA. Thirty percent of UNRWA defunded. They've uh, other monies also. They stopped. I can't remember. Like yeah. something. They basically say. stopped diplomatic relations. So, so, like, why would I go talk to that person? Why would I even have any well, let confidence? Me, let me play devil's advocate. they're telling me they're going to give me $50, million, $50 billion. billion. Like, uh, like what, are you, what does that mean? There's no plan. What's the plan? What's the strategy? You're telling me, like, I, I don't know. Who, I, why would I trust you? Why would I sit down with you? If you're telling me that you, if I have a, if I have a, if I'm just doing the analogy, right? If I have a neighbor who I'm not getting along with. Yeah. And some guy says, okay, I want to, I want to mediate between you guys. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's my neighbor's best friend. Right. 
Um, he like just gave him a present of a barbecue, right? And you know everything. And, and me, he like won't let me park in front of his house, and he won't you know, all these different things. So why would I trust? But then he says, "I want to build a deck in your backyard. I want to build you a, a Olympic sized swimming pool." God, I, so what? I don't want to. I don't want to talk to well, you. Let, let me try a different you know analogy. I'm saying, and I'm, I'm going to play. I don't, don't want to talk to you about a, a thing in my swimming pool. That's not my issue. My issue is I I want a state, right? That's what I want. I, I want a state. I don't think that's true. I, but I want my state. Let me play devil's advocate to you with yeah. a different analogy. Okay. Okay. Two political analogies. They're based on U.S. politics. Okay. Yeah. I'm an American who's a staunch right wing Republican, and I I don't trust Barack Obama. Right. I live in Michigan, and I work for GM. Yeah. The Obama administration rescues the auto industry in the United States in the first two years. They give them these big loans mm -hmm. that allow them to escape bankruptcy because they were basically going right. under under the condition that they'd make these and these changes institutionally and in their planning and blah, blah, blah. They do it. They make so much money, they repay the loans. It doesn't cost the taxpayer. Do I, as an employee of GM, say, well, I quit. I can't work, I can't work with help from the Obama administration. I don't trust them. Or I'll give you another one. I'll give you another yeah, one. I'll I, give, I don't think it's the same I, I, analogy at all. Okay, hold on. I Because you're talking within the same as Garrett of people who are not that far apart, Democrats and Republicans and them. You're talking about a neighbor in your neighborhood. Like you're not talking yeah. about. And, and I'll give you another one. I'm a. I'm a. Uh, low. I, I'm a guy going into the criminal justice system. The Trump administration, under the Trump administration, passes major criminal reform, which makes things work out much better. I'm a criminal. I get a benefit. My lawyer says, "Wow, this is the best thing that ever happened to you. You're going to get a big benefit here." And I say, "Oh no, I don't trust Trump at all. I don't trust the Republicans that voted for it. I don't trust any of them." In other words, what, what I'm trying to get at is. If you don't trust somebody's political judgment, but then they actually do something to help you, don't cut off your nose to spite your face. That's ridiculous. You tell me, oh, they only do bad things. Well, they just, they're starting to organize a $50 billion investment in your infrastructure. Yeah, but they're not doing it because they want to help us. They're not? Okay. Well, it sure is helping you. Why don't you worry about... It depends. I mean, I'm not so sure that's so true. Why? Right? If they've backtracked, they've clearly backtracked from a two-state solution, the Trump administration. For the Palestinians, that is have, the issue. I don't think that's accurate, but— uh, that, that, that is the issue. It's only from the Palestinians' perspective it, it, it's true. I think they're, they're lying. Backtracked from the— I don't, from I, the I think they're lying. I don't think, it's, I don't think that's an honest read. Basically, their uh, read is everything they're doing is to destroy us. Everything is negative intent. Oh, they want to invest $50 billion to us? That's for bad reasons. It is? $50 billion? I I, wow. I, 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 you know what? I hope Jared Kushner has negative intent towards me because I would love $50 billion. <laughs> I, I think if you're serious about making things better for mm. your people, it means, that you're, it means that you're now in a funny position. The Israelis are now in a position. They've been softened up by the administration. They've gotten Jerusalem capital. They've gotten the Golan recognition. So now when there's an ask from the Trump administration, they're in a position of gratitude. And now the Palestinians, if they accept all these investments, are now going to be in a position of gratitude. And so whatever carrots or sticks, and I, by the way, I am not here defending the Trump administration's diplomatic practice. I think that uh, I think that what you described is accurate. I think it was diplomatic malpractice. I don't see any reason they should have an open dialogue with the Palestinians because they slammed the door in their face. And you know what? For better or for worse, agree or disagree, it's not good diplomacy with the Palestinians. And that there's at this point zero trust between the Palestinians and Trump administration, I understand.
by the way, Oslo, you know, I mean, I think if you go back to, you know, diplomacy is really based on trust. Yeah. Oslo really makes it because of the trust between Clinton and yeah, but Robin. Alan, Alan, right, 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 Alan, Robin. Alan, this isn't diplomacy. No, this it's is not diplomacy. we're gonna we're, forget no, diplomacy. It, has to be for, it is diplomacy. It has to be. It's a different track of diplomacy. It's a different kind of diplomacy. It's I don't money diplomacy. Think it is. It's money diplomacy. It's it's uh, it's apolitical. We're gonna get Arab endless money oil barons to invest into the Palestinian. Yeah. They you complain that's money. By the way, Palestinians. Why not? Told, that's money diplomacy. I understand that there's diplomacy. That's what you're driving. Consequences, but this is business. This is business. By the way, uh, what's her name? Uh, Hanana Shwawi said, oh, we've seen this before, that if you improve our economic lot, this has been proposed by other people. Netanyahu proposed it. We turn that down. We'll turn this down. Why? Are you kidding me? You're right. By the Look, way, they, they, they've also taken it, and especially- They you know, take it, aid money. They, they play, they've, no, they've also taken investment stuff before. It's just that they turn it into a bureaucracy as opposed to infrastructure. Um, they pocket but, a lot of the money, right? And you know they make it into a big bureaucracy. That was, a, you know, that's part of the problem to create of fake jobs of the so PA, that, right? Uh, well, here, if this is overseen, but, this is overseen. The idea is to jumpstart a change in the culture so that you could have proper administration of this kind of. In other words, if you want to be a modern people, then you have to up up your game, guys. Here's an opportunity to up your game. You're not being asked anything diplomatically. There is no explicit price to pay at this point. And anything that is asked later, it's too late. It's not dependent. The money's in. The roads are being built. They're talking about building a track between Gaza and the West Bank with like some sort of connective road. I mean, they're talking about major investment to improve the lives of Palestinians. To say, you know what? We'll and, and by the way, you're 100% right. Nothing was committed. Uh, there's nothing committed. There's nothing, to say. You know so if nothing's going to say, look. And again, are we wary? Yes. Mid-level, trust? mid-level I understand. operatives. Here's around. what I would say if I was Hanan Ashrari or Saeed Barakat or Mahmoud Abbas. And, and by the way, the people behind us are three Orthodox Jews who support settlements. What are you talking and, about? And, 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 and annexation. The foreign minister of annexation. Bahrain is not an Orthodox Jew. And annex, annexation. I'm talking about the, the foreign Trump. minister of Bahrain, Oman, uh, and you UAE. Think he cares any, and the Palestinians know that they don't care any more about them than anybody else. Except that they're right. willing to put $50 billion into them. We also know that many times when, when they, after the Tuketan, what's that in English? Protective edge, right? The monies that were promised after that never came. I don't know if it's from Bahrain, but other places, right? The $5 billion promised in a big UN conference never came. So let me propose, so, Let me. I'll, I will speech right? right now for Saeed Arakat, Mahmoud Abbas, Hanan uh, Ashrawi. You know what? We're, do we trust... This initiative? No, we don't trust Jared Kushner. Do we see Arabs who are excited? Yes. Will they maintain excited? Are they really worried about our interests primarily? I don't know. But if you're talking about investing to have better roads, more jobs, let's see what happens from this. We're going to be open-minded. We certainly don't want to slam doors on improving the infrastructure and the quality of life of two and a half million people in the West Bank and two million people in Gaza. If you can improve our quality of life, if this can work, we're for it. That doesn't mean we're giving up on our political demands. It doesn't mean we're giving up on the right of return, which of course is exa exactly why there is no political solution. Because they won't give up on the right of return because Israel can't accept the right of return because it means the destruction of Israel. And it's also not a reasonable moral claim. So we're not giving up on any of our political things, but if our fellow Arabs want to invest 50 billion, 
with all that said, with all the distrust, I'd love to see it. We need more jobs. We need better high tech. We need this and that. And if that means, you know, listen, if you want to talk about a high tech infrastructure, that means the Israeli military is going to have to uh, up our, our, our allow first, you know, I hope that work. I hope that means that we can have top level cell phone service because right now we can't under the security rules. You're talking about this is going to have major benefits to the life of our people. So let's let's keep an open mind and be positive. Let's see what we can work out of this. As long as it's really benefit and not a trap, then we're open minded. And that's they're saying the opposite. They're saying it's a trap. It's so a, what about the Israelis? Israelis don't have a problem with it. This whole thing going with Israelis. What? Israelis went from to the Israeli it. side. Might as well say we want to look at Palestinian side. Well, let's look at. By the, the way, Israeli most side. Palestinian business. There was like one or two Palestinian businessmen who went, who are or, who are on the let's call it the left of the Palestinian, who are already have friction because they'll do business with Israelis because they see ec- economic opportunity is more important than political. So they had a couple of Palestinian businessmen there, and they had some Israeli businessmen there, and you had Israeli journalists. Were there Palestinian? There were journalists? Israeli journalists. I don't know. There was really journalists, Israeli investors, and some Israeli politicos. Direct flight from Israel to Bahrain. What do you mean Israeli politicos? I thought, no, it was official. Uh, pundits and no, no uh, government. Uh, no government. That's why I said politicos. Uh, I don't uh, mean. Gotcha. You know, people in the. Right. So you know, they, they, had a, they had a morning prayers minion <laughs> in a shul, which I didn't even know why there's a shul in Bahrain. I guess for people why? who visit I mean, and do business. You think? You know, I don't you think, think there were ever Jews, Jews ever there? Ever? I don't know. I've never heard of Jews in Bahrain. I mean, it was, certainly no, wasn't a I big don't know the history of Bahrain. No, no, it's like a, it's like a relatively new structure. Some so. oh, I assume it's uh, for business people. Uh-uh. Just from a pragmatic perspective, keep no, your options open. I'm saying for the Israelis, why? What, for the Israelis, how does this, this? Why whole not? Way? You increase business opportunity that increases bu- a rising tide lifts all boats. What's the downside to the Israelis? Like you said, may, may, giving concessions that Israel, you know. Presumably, well, well, there's concessions in any peace deal. It, look, if won't here's be, the right? here's the trick. If you mean by Israeli, somebody who wants, if, if this is going to be a zero the sum right game, wing government that we if have, if you're right asking now. zero sum game, zero sum game. If the Israelis want to win everything and the Palestinians lose everything, then this is not good. If the Palestinians want a zero sum game, they win everything and the Israelis lose everything. This is not good. But even Israel's right wing government understands that this is not a zero-sum game. And they understand that things have to happen to improve the quality of life of Palestinians, as well as, ultimately, the political reality of the Palestinians. Now, you have people on the extreme right who are saying there should be no political improvement for the Palestinians. But that's really the fringe. I mean, it's I don't in know Knesset. if you call it fringe anymore. Maybe fringe is too strong a fringe word. when you have the major right-wing parties that, you know, are... Major? I mean, everything other than Likud... I mean, even, even have Likud Nikim saying that even if Likud ministers saying that talking about annexation talking about I mean I don't think it's so fringe anymore talking about dispossession of political rights yeah. to the Arabs of the West Bank yeah annexation without citizenship for the Arabs of the West Bank yes I don't know I don't know uh, I don't know the parts of land I don't know that you have land. more than 10 15 seats that are saying that which you could say is not fringe yeah I don't think I don't I don't think it's necessarily fringe anymore uh, unfortunately yeah, I think that's the discourse fair. it's but it's I think it's not, five years ago you'd say it's fringe I think today it's 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 become acceptable political discourse. Well, when you have a dysfunctional status quo that lasts longer and longer, right. you're going to start to get more fringy, weird things. Okay. But it's still not mainstream. It's not mainstream no. Israeli politics. To say, no. this should be a zero-sum game. Yes. We win, you lose. 
the, 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 the main mentality of most Israelis and most Israeli politicians is we should find a way for this to be win-win. Look, mm-hmm. you, have a, you have a fringe within the Knesset that are, it should be zero-sum game for Arabs. Right. Sure. That's really a fringe. But uh, if you're, if you're, I think the reason to turn it down is if you're interested in zero-sum. Mm. And if you're interested in win-win, then you, you at least keep your options open. Right. So what about keeping the Israelis out? Even what though the Palestinians said, we I mean not really inviting any Israeli government. Well, look, you have you have you had actual statements. I mean, the foreign minister of Bahrain told an Israeli uh, new, uh, uh, reporter, Twitter. "Look, Israel's here to stay, and we right. want to live in peace. The Jews b- right. are from here." I mean, it was an amazing. I don't think we've ever heard anyone in any Arab country make such an Outside open of Egypt and Jordan. Even Egypt and Jordan, I don't think, have ever made a statement no. that said the Jews belong in the Middle East. The Jews are indigenous. No, I think if you go Middle back East to King Eastern Hussein back in the Oslo years, you'll definitely find. I don't sure. remember it from. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't remember that, but certainly not from Egypt. The Jews are from here and belong here, and deserve their own country and are here to stay. Uh, did he say the Bahrain said the Jews are from here? He said the Jews. There are belongs. I don't remember. He said from here. no, no. He didn't just say Israel belongs here, and we make peace with Egypt. We want yeah. to make peace with Israel, and it should be here for for long. That I've heard. But he said the Jews belong here. I don't remember reading that. Wow, that's huge. Yeah. Now I, I, I missed that. I mean, <laughs> to me, that jumped out because I think you were reading for. Oh, he's going to sound like Egypt and Jordan. That's impressive from Bahrain. When I read, was like, oh. Wow, he just said something more than Egypt and Jordan said, I think. So I, what does that mean for the future? I don't know. But certainly shaking things up, in a, I would argue, in a, in a status quo that's heading towards destruction, it's heading to a bad future. Anything that breaks that status quo has to be worth considering very seriously. And if I was an Israeli, I would consider it very seriously because this does not end well for Israel, the status quo. And if I was a Palestinian, I would consider this very seriously because this status quo is not good for Palestinians. Yeah, I I would not consider it seriously if I was a Palestinian. Yeah, well. I would not. I totally see their... uh, Their what? their, Their total... Disconnect with uh, right. With well, anything that's cutting. Off, in my opinion, that's cutting off your nose to spite your face. I don't like nah. this guy. I don't support him. I don't trust him. Therefore, when he actually makes my life better, I'm telling you. To me, it's a guy working for General Motors. Your job is saved and saying you're I quit po- because you're just I. A, you're positivist. You're thinking like, oh, he's really trying to make my life better. No, I don't care what his motives are. No, I know, but you, it, it, it's uh, the motives are are key here. They're not. I don't. I don't. I don't see I don't think why it's, they I, are because it's not. That's why I think it's not analogous. First of all, Obama truly was trying to. Make I know you don't. Okay, you're you're saying as a person who gives politicians the benefit of the doubt, I give Obama the benefit of the doubt. I give Trump the benefit of the doubt that he really was trying to help. I'm talking about a voter. There are really a segment of voters who say the leader of the party I disagree with is evil and has ill intent. And you can see that. If you don't believe me, no, just I go on Twitter you. for five minutes. No, I believe you. Now, let's say- no, I've seen it plenty. I mean, that's the okay. unfortunate place the world is right now. So let's say I'm, in, I'm, going to, I'm going to prison and my sentence is now lightened because of, or I've been in prison and now I'm out because of this, this, this reform under Obama, I don't, uh, under Trump. 
I'm a black person, let's say, I'm an African-American. I don't think, I think Trump's a racist. I think, I don't think he care, other than celebrities that he likes to power around. I don't think he likes African-Americans. Definitely doesn't like brown people. He said Africa, country, African countries are assholes. He's, I don't, he took five years off my sentence. Now he's doing that because it's his political agenda. It's going to make him rich somehow. And da, da, da. he's got all kinds of, I'm not going to stay in prison because I don't trust the guy. He's actually making my life better for his selfish reasons. I think most politicians do things ultimately. I mean, the part of the one of the ideas of democracy is we're going to incentivize leaders to take care of the people to get votes from the people. That it makes it a two-sided interaction. Yeah, but he's not coming along and saying, you know, I'm going to solve this the, this problem Great. in the Middle East. That's Great. what he's coming Great. along. I don't want to hear their, your, then I don't want to hear anymore also. about how the roads and the garbage and there isn't enough water infrastructure and and you know it ta- and and the phone system doesn't work so well. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because you were just offered fifty billion dollars to well, fix all honest, of those they weren't problems. Offered anything yet? They weren't offered anything yet. There was like the potential a first offer, the interest in the offer. I would grab it with both hands, with all of the, uh, you know, caveats of I don't trust the people's intentions behind it. If without a political solution, this ends. By the no. way, let's see what happens at the conference. Let's see if they, if they raise the fifty billion dollars and they and they, the conference yeah. is over. No, I'm saying, but they haven't raised the fifty dollars. Oh, 50 okay. Billion. Nobody raised it. Meaning you you've already jumped that they rejected the fifty billion. Haven't. Maybe they haven't. Maybe they have. No, maybe someone walks over with a check of fifty billion dollars. They'll say, "Okay, now we'll take it." They just didn't come to this conference because they don't believe it's going to lead anywhere. No, they didn't. Not just come for the conference. They said it's all garbage and they don't want to have anything to do with it. Right, but let's say again, it's a, it's a. You're right. It's a, it's maybe a, when maybe when somebody sends them a check, they'll take the check anyway. Yeah. Maybe I just think it's it's malpractice of leadership. To have offered a fifty billion. In, by the way, well, there's a lot of malpractice of leadership going around the world, so I don't think that they're the only one to blame. Uh, without question, <laughs> but if you want to talk about the <coughs> least able leaders to build a better future for their people, leading their people down a, a, a spiral of self-destruction feedback loop, I don't know that you can do better than the Palestinian leadership. Well, they're that, just now quoting uh, who's it? Abba Eben. They've never missed an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Yeah. Right. Was that Abba Ibn? That was Abba Ibn. I mean, it's become a cliche already. But here you're being offered, this is an unbelievable opportunity. And I say that. I I mean, I think the one thing that you and I can agree. I'm not an apologist. I think the one thing you and I can agree on here is if either of us was offered $50 billion, we'd take it no matter who it was from. (laughs) Listeners, anyone willing to donate $50 billion (laughs) to this podcast? Then or either of us. It could, I don't care. It doesn't, who it, have, it doesn't have to be the podcast. No, look, if you know what, if if the neo Nazis offered us fifty billion dollars, I would turn it down. Yeah. But you, that that means that either the Palestinians don't really care, the Palestinian leaders don't really care about their people's lives, or they see the leaders of the Arab world and the United States as Nazis. Like you can't have it, or it, it's one or the other. Maybe they're holding out for seventy five billion. <laughs> It's a bar. It is the it is the Middle East, man. <laughs> it's true, but I would be pushing for that seventy five. I would say, oh, this is great. It would even work better if they have shut down. Yeah, we we, we both know that neither of us are good negotiators when it comes. Well, that's to true. <laughs> no, but this is like this is like when Israel said in sixty seven. We'll give yeah. back the Golan to Syria for a peace deal. We'll give back the West Bank to Jordan for a peace deal. We'll give back the Sinai to Egypt for a peace deal. And the Arabs got together and said, no peace, no negotiation, no recognition. 
Okay. So we offered you something and you turned it down. Now, I understand why the Arab world did that because they didn't care about the Palestinians at all. They were hurting themselves by not by by continuing to not have that land. But that to me, they did this was not we're at the bottom of a pit help. This was, no, nah, we'll take the loss of land rather than compromise on our diplomatic principles. The Palestinians, they have a thriving middle class at this point in the West Bank, but they still have a lot of poverty. They have a wealthy class also. And their infrastructure is not great. Yeah. Gaza's a disaster area. Yeah, Gaza does, does not have much of a middle class. And they have a huge Hamas problem. Yeah. So here, if this is a way out, I'm at the bottom of a, a... By the way, was that any of that money supposed to go towards Gaza? Yep. Hmm. Is yep. it supposed to go? All right, I think we should... Uh, we should wrap wait up. Wait and see. Yeah, I don't know. That. I don't think any of it will work precisely because I think... I think if someone shows up on their door with $50 billion, they'll, they'll take it. Because we are exactly opposite. <laughs> I think the leadership has practiced malpractice. You think what they did was reasonable. Yeah. I think it's not going to come to anything, but you're saying, no, maybe it'll come to something and they'll take it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... Time will tell. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much, Ben, for your help and flexibility. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, This is the part where I remind you that we are the JU Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. And it's also the part where I ask you to subscribe, to rate and review us, and to share and recommend us in any way you can. Also, we'd love your feedback so we can respond to you on or off the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye.